You're listening to the Debrief Podcast with Reggie Allen, and we're back with another episode. And folks, at the time of this recording, which is 624 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, November 7th, 2020, it has been a, a good few days since Election Day. And considering what political side you're on, Either the election is over with or it's still ongoing because of fraudulent behavior by the left. So, so far, so good. I mean, I think we as people, we overreact a lot. Granted, I overreact a lot in some things. You know, politics, it affects us as a community on the long run, but day by day things, it's it's not like we're living in a war zone. I cannot account for everyone that would be very dense and very blind to just say that our politics does not affect us day by day. But I'm pretty sure that you can wake up the next day and it's not like Trump himself is affecting you. Now, all these small things day by day do build up to be a larger mass and do affect us. However, we have to lighten up a little bit, not on the person for their actions, just on lighten up on ourselves mentally. Because if we were to stress about what the president does every day and how terrible they were and how it could affect our lives, I'm pretty sure a lot of us, our lifespan would cut down a lot. So today we're going to be talking about Trumpism. You know, early on, I really didn't believe in the whole Trumpism thing, but Seeing the reactions to this finale of an election have made me realize that there is a such thing as Trumpism. It is, there are Republicans, there are Democrats, there are Libertarians, there are all these different, you know, Green Party and all these other political parties. And then there are the Trumpers. In the most disrespectful, respectful way possible, Trumpers are are, you know, like followers of Christ just for Donald Trump. The amount of fervid belief in him, fervid, unequivocal belief in that man is unbelievable. Now, it would be wrong to, you know, pull up stats and disqualify him from being a leader of the free world, being that, you know, everyone starts somewhere, you know, saying that he's a failed businessman and stuff like that is a great is a great uh, cherry pick at him for not being a good leader. But it's not a very valid argument, I guess, if I'm applying what I've learned in my academics. However, this guy is a no brainer. We've known it for the last four years. But these Trumpers, these Trumpist believers are something else. There is one social media figure by the name of Christian Walker. He's a, I'm just going to identify him as a Texas young man because it would be wrong to identify him as a young black gay man because then it just seems backwards on how he's supporting Trump. However, I digress. So Christian Walker, this young Texas man, is very vocal on how he speaks about politics. And 
he even said it in tweets and everything. He is not Republican. He is, you know, a Trump follower and stuff like that. The way that these people have been acting throughout the last four years, if you have paid attention to the news at all, social media and seeing the way that, you know, these Trump followers are acting, it's it's beyond me. Now, granted, I know there are probably some people that acted very extreme for any other political candidate, but we're going to focus on the now and, you know, just a little bit of the of the near past. These people are crazy. So we're going to take a quick break. You know, you'll hear from whatever random sponsors there are and I'll come back and start talking about Trumpism and everything bad about it. I don't know if I can find a whole lot of good, but since I hold myself to being unbiased, I have to find some good in it. You're listening to The Debrief. And we are back. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, salutations, greetings, hello, hola, guten tag, every other greeting of the world. I hope you guys are all having a lovely day. To all my Zeds, ladies and gents, little ones, big ones, and everything in between. You're talking to Reggie Allen again. I hope I am stimulating your brain in a very, very enriching way. I made this podcast because in my mind every day, I'm annoyed by the way that a lot of people think. And this isn't, you know, like the plot to an evil villain. It's just, I feel as if... I have had the blessing of being able to just listen to a lot of good individuals. And maybe that would be biased to say good individuals being that, you know, I revered them. However, it's just the one thing that I've learned from them a lot is that they didn't want to force their beliefs on me. Their thing was teaching me everything that's relevant to my lifestyle and then letting me make a conclusion on it. And when I started making conclusions about it, they never real they challenged it and see how I defended it. So I feel as if I was raised correctly. You know, my parents weren't my my primary source of education and enrichment. It was always someone else. Whether it was a family friend, a family member, teacher, coach, mentor, I had someone around me that was foreign in the beginning and became a close individual by the end. Teachers are one of my one of my immediate ideas of having a new mentor. Granted, it's because I've been in the educational system for 12 plus years now. I'm a college student, so nearly half my life has been spent with these individuals. It's just that I understand that their whole life, their career is based on educating people. And we know this for a fact that your job gets a lot more fun when you have things that respond back to you the way that you want them to. When your input is X and your output is Y and that's what you look for, you're, you're going to keep feeding that. And I was just one of those students where I gave an output to teachers that they favored a lot. I don't know if I've ever been a public enemy to any of my teachers, 
So, you know, just, I credit a lot of people for my upbringing. I, I've heard some very outrageous, outlandish thoughts, and I, I have not picked them up, but I always considered it for who they are, what is the experience, and how is it relevant. You know, I have a lot of a lot of things to cover in my life, whether it is gun laws, black community, Latino community, college, that there are so many things that, you know, we have attached to our lives that we need to be able to tap into each one and see which way do we lean on the political field. Are you conservative on this idea or are you more progressive on the idea? Do you think do you think these things need to change or is it time for you know just stuff to chill out a little bit? So talking about Trumpism. Trumpism is this hot and spicy cocktail of fascism. Racism It, it has a little bit of nationalism in it. Think about a lot of conservative to moderate, authoritative kind of ideals. Anything that gives you a reminder of dictatorship is Trumpism. And the biggest part on Trumpism is to one to many platform. The one being the dictator and the many being the people. If you apply that in the way of Trumpism, it's the one person who is Trump and then the many who is all of his followers. Now, one thing that can be said positively about Trump, even though it has a negative context, is that Trump activated a lot of American citizens. Within the last three presidential elections, well, I'll call it last four or last three administrations. That sounds more proper. Within the last three administrations, voter turnout has been crazy. It has been a myriad of different people coming out to vote this time. When Obama came out, the black votes were coming in like crazy. The young votes were coming in like crazy. When Trump came in, he activated all of what I'll just call the sleeper cells, all of what people know of as the sundown towns, hick town, you know, people call them hillbillies and stuff like that. They activated a lot of those people and they also activated a lot of, you know, the silent political people in the world because being Republican, being conservative isn't just being from the Midwest, the Southwest, or the South. That That's not how it works. You can be Republican in a Democratic state. He activated both the silent and the non-active. The non-active being all of what you call the hillbillies and then the silent who are your average Joes that are conservative thinking, you know, the suburban folk in your different states. 
they might seem like, you know, good people, but they're very silent on political views and stuff like that. You're like, oh, who are you voting for? Oh, come on, man. We can't talk about it. That's a very famous, very famous uh, example right there. So I will applaud Trump for being able to mobilize like that because... If we go through all the other Republican candidates that have lost throughout the years, you know, this man has done something that a whole lot of them can't. It's just like, just move them forward so much. I think about uh, Congressman Senator John McCain. Early on, being that I was a little kid and I did no research, I, I just disliked him because, you know, oh, he's a Republican. And then we have Obama, who's Democrat and also a black man. So I was like, oh, that's his enemy. OK, whatever. Don't like him. But then when I finally came of age and we're seeing Donald Trump be run for president and become president, the amount of disrespect that he put upon John McCain. And by this time, I'm already in high school. I know more history. I know John McCain is a veteran, a well-known veteran. He was a prisoner of war during the Vietnam War. He has been a civil servant for Arizona for decades. He's a legend. Now, granted, his politics on the federal level might be a little unfavorable to us on the East Coast or the complete West Coast of California and stuff like that. But he was exactly what a lot of us need in America when it comes to politics. People that are for our people. Now, he was just for his people, which are all the folks in Arizona. So you can credit Trump for his mobilization, you know, Credit him for his media personality because that that's all it was right there. The you're fired, all of the different businesses, the glamour. That's Trump. Trump, he knows he knows showbiz that this whole presidential election, the last two that he has had, and his administration, it was showbiz through and through. So you can credit him for being able to flip the script. He was not a traditional politician in any way possible. And that's what a lot of people said. You know, he's different. He's outspoken. He says exactly what he thinks. So that that's hard to think about, you know, do we really want a politician that says exactly what they think? Because if we think about humanity-wise, if you want a leader, you want someone that, you know, holds a different standard, and doesn't do exactly what we think, but at the same time, we want him to, you know how complicated us humans are. We we will say one thing and one another. That that is not just a woman thing. That that is a human thing. We are picky and choosy. That's called hypocrisy, folks. So the next thing about Trumpism and just Trump in general is that it is not an advancement of exactly the Republican Party. As I said before, Christian Walker, for example, he said, I am not a Republican. I am I'm a Trump follower. Trump wasn't 
Trump has been nearly every political party in the United States. He's been Democrat one time. He's been Republican one time. So that, that just shows you he does not have any real partisanship. So when it comes to Trumpism, it's all about Trump. Now, that's a bad thing right there. Code of personality is the phrase for things like this. It's a high, it's a high in the high on the pillar figure that just influences everything else. And a lot of times it may be for the good or the bad. I might have to go listen to the song Cult of Personality again just to really break it down again. But, you know, Obama was a cult of personality. Basically, every politician on a federal level that you hear about on the news day in, day out. If they have a real big influence on people, they become cults of personality. That that's just like celebrities. And it's hard to avoid it because, you know, that as social beings, we naturally just make this happen. So how do I tell people to say, do not create cult of personalities? Like it's it's impossible. We do it all the time. Those are role models, those are idols. I don't idolize, but I know I have mentors that I really look up to. There's a difference, though. I can tell myself that they are wrong for doing that. Idolizing someone is basically they're perfect. And that's the part of Trumpism right there. Is Trump wasn't wrong. He, he just didn't say that. Or you're wrong for thinking that. You know, the, the main rhetoric coming out of Trump and all of his followers was very flip the script on you. It was very attack based. It was very aggressive. Sometimes even passive aggressive where we let you, they let you just say everything that you want to say, but they're just like, mm, maybe not. That, that's the difficulty with them. Next thing would be how Twitter quoted it for the last uh, last couple of hours today is that, you know, there is normal racism, the, the audacity that Trump followers have had acting upon his administration is a very crazy influence. You know, it's like, first there was racism and all the prejudice that we live in the world with. And then there is Trumpism racism. This is something else. You know, his slogan, Make America Great Again, is is a haunting phrase to me, being that, you know, I know a good gist of what America was, and I don't know if there is ever a period besides the one I'm living in that I want to live in. And even now, like, some things aren't still beautiful. Like, we still have people dying every day. That's inevitable. So what is there to really push for, pray for? You know, the Trumpism racism is as clear as can be. It, it's like the next coming of a racist formation. Instead of slave owners and KKK, you just have old businessmen sucking on the big fat cigar quote George Carlin, you know, it's the, it's the red hat, the red hat of doom. 
the that that's what I think about when I think about Trumpism and today's racism. There are videos all across social media of just random white folk just acting out of character to you know anyone that isn't them specifically if you're not a white man you know i haven't really seen it where it's a white man or a white woman acting upon another woman i'm sure there is but most of the time it's of a colored uh ethnicity you're you're asian you're you're black american you're an Hispanic of some sort, the acting upon those folk, especially if you're young. You know, they're, they're expecting the young and dumb to come out of us that we act out and attack. So Trumpism is something else. And it's deadly. It's deadly. It's almost like a parasite in, in ideal. Because once it attaches to you, you just act totally different. And I need you guys to go and just look up a little bit about Christian Walker. I'm sure he is no like no older than like five years older than me. He he's in my generation. He he's he's been, you know, he's actually reported for a a Trump event within the last year or so. But the way he acts is so out of the normal. It, it's it's very bad to stereotype things. But as again, we are social beings. So and plus we are adaptive. So we will create patterns that we recognize. The, the stereotype for Trump followers is that black Trump followers or black conservatives are especially the young ones, let's say that young black conservatives that are followers of Trump, they have this odd personality for not looking normal. They're like aliens. If I could describe it to you right now without drawing anything, it's like their eyes are very much aggressive. They're they're wide open. They're ready for the day. It's, it's as if they took a drug and they're just super hyper. Their hair is not taking care of the same way that a, I don't even know how to quote it, but a normal black person would. Instead of nice looking hair, it's like, it's just frizzy and not, not well put together. The facial feature is really weird. It's as if like, once you become a Trump follower, like your whole physical being just changes. It's, it's very odd to see it. Now, granted, I am sure there's a whole lot of people that look just like them and they are liberal, progressive, leftists, but all you see on, on Trump media, I'll call it Trump media, everyone that follows him and promotes him on Trump media, they look exactly like that. Their personality is even more egregious and nasty. To quote, to just talk about Christian Walker, for example, the young black man, this guy is young, black, gay, and he he pushes this very outspoken, loud, and quote unquote, I hate to use this word, but ghetto personality. He says it all the time. You guys are acting ghetto. This is ghetto, X, Y, Z, and the third. And 
one of the issues that I always had, this is off of politics, but just in general, one of the things I've, I've always been thrown off about is this imitation of a phantom black woman. It's not a black woman that I know. It's some phantom black woman out here that just is very outspoken, loud, and talks with so much vernacular and ignorance. Granted, I know a lot of very outspoken black women. Granted, I know ones that use a lot of slang. But the way that they use it and the, the concentration, the frequency of it is so different. It's as if the, the agenda and the, the vehicle for how Trump wants to address the black community is through these people that are so, so much of an extreme of the black community that we just get brainwashed to thinking that, well, if these black people that are acting worse than us support Trump and are so fervently, you know, believing in him, maybe we should. Maybe that's what it is. Because, you know, politics is the game of winning more people over. I always think about, um, I find it outrageous, but I think it was Louis Farrakhan or another one of the Nation of Islam, you know, Hotep kind of personalities. They, they said politic is a two-part word. It means poly and tick. Tick, which is, you know, organism that sucks the blood from organisms such as deer and other, you know, small game, wild game and stuff like that. And then poly, which means multiple. So it means to suck the blood out of multiple people. And if you think about it as politics on the national stage, state level or whatever, you're sucking the blood out of all the people. I've always found that as an outrageous definition, but you know, the irony of how it connects is so well put that you really can't deny it so much. So it is what it is. Trump has lost the election. He will keep fighting, I can guarantee you, until next time this year, November 7th, 2021, if not further down the road, I found out that Trump was talking trash about the Obama campaign throughout his whole two administrations. So I'm sure that, you know, Trump will be on Biden's butt for this whole term and it will not end. It's kind of weird because Twitter and all the other social media platforms they have been fighting back on trying to get misinformation and disinformation out the way, you know, things that are are misleading or harmful information. They're trying to get that out of the way that you can't even post a meme about a politician without them saying, hey, do you want to read the article or read voting information before you share it? Like, I didn't even share any voter information. I just posted a meme of Donald Trump with like, you know, uh, a jail cell clothes on. So social media right now is in flames. And I know with Donald Trump not being in office, oh, it's going to be in more flames. So as a closing thought, I'm going to address fighting Trumpism and then just being good citizens of a country. This sounds very patriotic and nation nationalistic, but coming from a person that is both 
a strong believer in uplifting the black community and as a person that has been in programs that are not really black focused, you know, more nationalist focused, you know, the Boy Scouts and ROTC, which is a military program, I've learned, you know, of lots of both. So to address fighting Trumpism, it there's no definite answer. That's just what it is. It really depends on your personality. It depends on the other person that is attacking. And it just depends on the scenario because I've learned that it is your duty as a person. This is not to the country. This is to your to yourself, your life, and your family. It is your duty to preserve your life. So what comes first? Do you make the dumb decision and you get killed? And now the rest of the family has to deal with that death. Do you make a, a gutsy call and you checkmate their bullshit and you live to see another day? Do you back down and you get harmed, but you possibly see another day? It's a bunch of scenarios that I cannot give you. I'm not the Oracle. However, I am a mobilizer, I am an organizer, and I will say, find the right way to do it. I'm still young, so I know that my wisdom will keep growing as I keep learning. That's the main thing. Keep learning. Study as much as possible. One thing that I've heard from people that are quote-unquote super seniors and you know educators within colleges is that you should never leave college. The amount of networking that you'll do and the amount of lessons that you'll learn within the college world is limitless. So keep learning. That's how you fight Trumpism. Their, their weapon is their ignorance. So the only way to counteract it is with a little bit of intelligence. And now let's talk about being a better citizen. Since we are all apparently proactive in elections and we are now woke to everything that is politics, I welcome you to the idea of paying attention to who affects your life and your community's life. I say to you, the president is not the only person you vote for. The governor is not the only person you vote for. The mayor is not the only person you vote for. You have congressmen, you have district attorneys, you have judges, and you have state bills that will be on your ballots. And you need to pay attention to them and you need to research them. We cannot all be Batman. We cannot be Superman. We cannot be a superhero that, you know, every episode we solve another crime or problem. You're a human and you have to live your life. So all I say is stay vigilant, stay attentive to what happens in your community and support your community. I made a made an article a while ago and the points were to educate yourself and others, protest for yourself and others, support your community. Those, those are the keys right there. If you're not learning something, 
Go out and protest. If you're not protesting, go out and support the community. One of the things that I've made a goal is, you know, supporting my friends' businesses. Now, I'm not going broke off of them. No, that, that, that would be foolish to my own financial wealth. However, every month I will buy a product from one of them. Maybe every other month if the money's a little bit tighter. The key that we had, one of the artifacts that we should all pay attention to is Black Wall Street. You know, Tulsa, Oklahoma. All businesses. If we, if we really want to know something about, you know, being just a little more sustainable, we need to have black communities again. And not just like, you know, a bunch of black folk living together, but within having a community, you have your businesses as well. If you're putting in money to your neighbor who owns the local liquor store, you're putting in money to the grocery store owned by another neighbor, your money is circulating within that community. You know, the, the popular stated statistic is that money leaves the black community quicker than anyone else. One dollar within the black community will leave within like the first something amount of minutes, maybe an hour. But a dollar within the Asian, Jewish, or white community will just float around for days, weeks, or something. And that, that's the main issue because within our community, we are just, you know, we're just living there. Our business, our money, our business goes to things that are very much national or they're not based by us. So, you know, systemic racism, it really halts us from doing a lot of that. You know, we can't be a black CVS. We can't be a black giant Whole Foods or Wegmans and expect to get money because we can't get loans and stuff like that. That's one thing I do not have the answer for. But we know the method, so we have to keep fighting to get the method successful. Keep looking forward to the future. I might not be the generation that will see all the change happen, but I'm going to make sure that during the conclusion of my life, if it hasn't happened yet, I'm going to keep educating so that the next generation will do it. You've listened to the Debrief Podcast, Reginald 